Love is spiritual, not natural. You ever think about that? This is absolutely miraculous. With love, you get the results now. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to Deep Water. Uh, today, uh, we're discussing terrorism and asking the question, are you a closet terrorist? Um, so let's get started. Uh, I will never in my life forget. Uh, I was uh, a much younger man then and uh, we lived in, that was two houses ago uh, where we were living when the uh, 911 occurred and the bombing of the World Trade Center towers. And uh, it, it, like everyone else, it was like nothing I'd ever seen in my life. It was something I really never thought I would see uh, on American soil. Maybe no good reason for thinking that, but I did. <clears throat> and it was just, you know, the old expression, you know, uh, my, my jaw dropped, jaw dropping. Um, I, I'm sure I was standing, standing there with my wife Hope watching the TV, just, I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Um, I'm not sure <clears throat> we should be that surprised. Um, Terrorism has been around since the dawn of time. It will probably be here uh, forever. Um, there are ancient manuscripts that talk about there always have been and always will be wars and rumors of wars. Um, it, it's, to me, really part of that spiritual struggle between living your life in self-interest, which is where terrorism, wars, and things come from, versus trying to live your life based on what's right and in love. But there's, there's a lot of um, circumstances, there's a lot of factors that come into play. If someone has been brainwashed, like cult brainwashing or brainwashing to the point almost of programming, which uh, we know happens fairly regularly, um, and they commit a terrorist act, are they responsible for it? Or is it just uh, whoever does it is responsible and that's it? Uh, I don't think it's quite that simple. Um, I remember one of the uh, most enjoyable book signings I've ever done was at a, um, a maximum security prison. Uh, one of the best groups I've ever had, uh, the best questions and response. I, I, I mean, it was a wonderful, wonderful day for me. And uh, one of the interesting that things that happened is that there was a um, iman there, kind of the preacher or pastor uh, for Islam, Muslim faith. And um, he was doing a thing there too, and so during some of the down times, you know, we would talk, and he was a very nice man. I liked him. Uh, we, I, I felt like we kind of hit it off. And uh, I remember one of the dead times toward the end of the day, and we had started to talk about, you know, some religious issues and things like that. And I asked him, um, and I told him, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Uh, I'm just ignorant and curious. And I said, do you believe, based on your book, that you are supposed to kill me? And uh, his face completely changed from anything I'd seen that day. It wasn't anger. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. And after a long, long pause, and I thought he wasn't going to answer, and I even reminded him, now you don't have to answer that. And he said, no, I will. Um, 
And here's what he said. Yes, but I promise you I'm not going to. Remember, my question was, do you believe according to your book you're supposed to kill me? His answer, yes, but I promise you I'm not going to. And um, my response to him is, I believe that what my book says to do and what I'm supposed to do is to love you regardless, no matter what. And uh, he teared up at that and, and held his hand. I thought he was going to hug me at first, but he didn't hug me, but a very warm, kind uh, handshake. Uh, he also told me that day we were talking about terrorist attacks, which he was completely against um, and speaks against and everything else. But he also told me that day that one of the real problems in America is that if a uh, Muslim finds out that they have a terrorist in their midst, or that there's about to be a terrorist attack. In uh, the average situation, they will not tell the authorities. Uh, and the reason, I was told, is because they know if they do, themselves, their family, and everyone they love and care about will be killed for doing that. So... Um, they try not to help them any more than they have to, but they virtually never report them uh, out of fear of reprisal. In fact, he said they could kill the whole congregation for you know if if they were betrayed out of that congregation. So it might mean many people being killed by their own people. Um, Terrorism is responsible uh, for about 20,000 deaths a year. And sometimes that goes up to 35 or 40. Some years it's down to 10 or 12. Uh, there were several years in the last 10, I believe, where it was around 10 or 12 or 14. But then there were several that were over 30. Uh, which means uh, about a million people over the last 50 years have been... Um, killed by terrorism. I, I would guess the wounded number would be at least two or three times that. Um, a million over 50 years, probably two to three million injured over 50 years, maybe more. And that's ones that we know about. There's, there's others that um, in the research I did are uh, unknown. It have never been reported and are not included in any statistics. Um, when, uh, when Hope kicked me out of the house, uh, after about a year and a half of us being married, uh, I was in my, uh, 20s, and she said, I need you to leave the house. I can't stand with you. I can't stand to live with you another day. And, uh, and I left, and we ended up getting back together later. Been married 34 years now. But um, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And uh, one of the things that happened as a result of that is I kind of threw everything overboard as far as what I had been taught and what I believed. Uh, religiously, spiritually, financially, uh, in almost every way. Uh, I did that because what I was doing wasn't working. Every area of my life was crashing at the same time. I was about to go bankrupt. I was about to be fired from my job. My wife was about to kick me out of the house and divorce me. I felt bad in my health all the time. Uh, you, you name it. I, I was pretty miserable and put on a really good face most of the time of being pretty happy. Um, so I threw everything overboard, and I studied every major religion, every major religious book, um, everything I could get my hands on, New Age, Christian science, uh, everything. I studied it, and uh, 
And, and it was one of the best things I've ever done. And if you've never done that, I would highly recommend it. It's hard to truly own your belief if you've never searched out any others. In fact, the word integrity means the whole truth. And Solomon said more than 3,000 years ago, considered by many the wisest man who ever lived, always be open and searching for new things. Okay, We get stagnant and we start to have problems and die. But anyway, anyway, um, the conclusion I had over that is that was this. Um, the life I would want to live and would feel would be the most successful life I could ever live, and I was thinking about from this place of everything crashing at the same time, was a life of love, a life of passion, a life of what is right, not what I believe is wrong. Um, a life of being focused on and helping and befriending others, not just thinking about me, me, me all the time, which is the way I had been living. Me, me, me. And it, and it had gotten me in this hole. And pretty much every system I found of religion or worldview or whatever had one thing in common, and it was this. You need to discipline yourself to live the right way. And the right way is if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. Okay? So um, you need to really, you know, every morning uh, uh, pull your boots up tight, buckle that belt tight, and with your willpower and discipline, live the life that day that is the best one for you to live. Well, problem was that's exactly what I had been trying to do all my life. I was raised being taught those things. I could not do it. And finally got to a place where I gave up because I knew I can't do this right. Okay. Well, there was one book and one system in the world that I found that had a different system. And it was, if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you still get good long term. And it was the only system like that in the world that I could find, religious or not. Um, and um, so at the end of my quest, that's the one I chose, first of all, believing it was the one that was true. And the reason I believed it was the one that was true is that if there is a God or supreme being of some kind, um, I would hope and pray that that supreme being is a being of love predominantly, okay? Because I believe the most intelligent, the smartest, the, the by far best way to live is that way, by love. And, and I know from uh, biological psychology and, uh, and biological medicine that the only way we work right as a body, mind, spirit, human being, person. The only way this machine works right is if I'm living that way, in love, trying to do what's right. If I'm focused on myself, which we call pain, seek uh, pleasure and, and avoid pain. We call it action-reaction. We call it stimulus-response. We call it karma. We call it reap what you sow. When you're living that system, that's when your brain keeps flipping the stress switch, which suppresses your immune system. And it's not, will you get sick? It's when and what's the first place that'll break. Okay? So the only way we work right is if we're living with an intention of love and what is right and what is true. 
Okay. The problem with that is if we just evolved, you know, from the goo in the pond, um, that there's no way we'd be programmed for love. We would be programmed for survival of the fittest. Because that's what that system is. The evolution we evolved from, that is survival of the fittest. That's the name of the system. Okay? And that is, make sure I've got what I need. Well, we know from examining the body, we malfunction when we live that way. And we function correctly and live to be a hundred and are happier and make more money and are more, more successful. I mean, you name it, when we try to live this way. Okay? So, to me, that's the one that had to be true because there was only one in the world that said, this is the system. The others said, this is the system. All of them. Every single one. I found one that taught this system as far as this is how, this is what you want in life. But this was how you got there. And, and no way that'll work. Okay? So, <clears throat> um, so I came out of there with uh, what I thought was the truth. Uh, that there was a God. There's one God. He is love and built us to love. And his system is if I do good, I get good, but if I do bad, I still get good because that's what love would always choose for the object of its love. To get good in the end, no matter what. Okay? Well, <clears throat> terrorism goes directly against that. Uh, the um, definition of terrorism <clears throat> is the unlawful or harmful use of force or violence to coerce in order to obtain an objective. Let me read that one more time. The unlawful or harmful use of force or violence to coerce in order to obtain an objective. How does that fit with love and truth? It doesn't at all. It goes against it. Um, and the, the Yaman that I talked with, I know the dilemma that he's in. I, I really do, because that was one of the religions I studied. Um, most Muslims say, you know, we are about peace and we want peace and love and all that stuff. Um, the, the problem is their book says both. Their book says to kill and it talks about peace. And I believe that's why it's splintered. That the majority um, believe the peace and try to live that, but some believe the uh, violence and killing. And that that's the way to paradise. That's the way to heaven. And maybe the only way to be sure uh, of getting there. And it's twisted to be for what to them seems like a good reason because they are bad people, basically. Okay? Where the, um, the spiritual um, truth that I found is that you love your enemies, even if they are bad people. You love them no matter what. If they're good people, bad people, you love them. All right? So, um, it's a complicated issue because their book says both. Okay. But, outside of their book, every other book I can find, except one, says you have to earn it. If you want to get a good objective, you have to earn it with your own willpower, your own intention, your own self-control, your own strength. And if you don't earn it, if you slip up and do a bad thing, then you're going to get a bad thing back. All except one, which says you get good no matter what. Which is the one I believe is true. Okay, so why did I say, um, are you a closet abuser? Well, um, 
The definition for terrorism, I just read, the unlawful or harmful use of force or violence to coerce in order to obtain an objective. The definition of abuse is, is this, to treat with cruelty or violence in order to achieve an objective. Now, let me read those again, okay? The definition of terrorism, the unlawful or harmful use of force or violence to coerce in order to obtain an objective. Abuse, the un, uh, to treat with cruelty or violence to obtain an objective. The definitions of terrorism and, and abuse are almost identical. I, I mean, both of them are about inflicting harm on someone by cruelty or force and then the third part is to get something that I want. Okay? So, terrorism is, makes the news most of the time it happens. Um, according to uh, statistics, one in three women have been physically abused. One in four men have been physically abused. Okay? that statistic's probably a lot higher than you thought it was if you're not in that profession. One in three women? One in four men? So, you know, if I'm in a crowd and there's a thousand people there, we're talking 30-40% of them have been abuse. Uh, unbelievable. Okay, let's keep going. Emotional abuse which can be even more destructive than physical abuse because typically in physical abuse, the person will be have an easier time blaming the abuser. In emotional abuse, a lot of times when that happens, the person ends up blaming themselves. If I had not done this, if I had not uh, spilt the milk, if I had not uh, done this thing, then they wouldn't have done that, so it's really my fault. Where in physical abuse, it's much easier to put the blame where it rightfully is with the abuser. There's no good reason or excuse for that. Okay, So emotional abuse, two-thirds of women have experienced emotional abuse. Two out of every three. Three out of every four men have experienced emotional abuse. So. Now you're talking, if you're in a big crowd, you're talking 75% of the crowd has either been emotionally or physically abused. Well, what does abuse do? Abuse is trauma, which, which sends a stress signal to your brain, causes your brain to flip the fight or flight switch when it should not be flipped, and now all of a sudden, your uh, energy goes to the large muscle groups and your heart so you can fight or run. Your blood flow in your brain goes away from creativity, problem solving, to the animal brain, again, fight or flee. Okay? Um, and your, your unconscious mind sends you negative emotions negative thoughts, uh, and for, for many people, they almost live in that state every single day. Uh, that's supposed to happen once or twice a year when your life really is in imminent danger, like a car wreck or something. The statistics are, for most people today, they're going into fight or flight five to thirty times a day 99% of the time, their life is not in imminent danger. So it's a malfunction. What causes the malfunction? Abuse. Trauma. That's what causes the malfunction. Okay? Um, Hope and I had a, a very unusual um, Saturday, one, one day about 20 years ago. We were sitting in chairs side by side and there was a little table in between us. Um, and we were reading books, reading the paper, something like that. And Hope reached over and pulled out the top drawer of the thing and screamed. And I mean, she screamed 
what the expression I've heard, she screamed bloody murder. She screamed like her, somebody was trying to kill her. All right. And I looked over at what she was screaming about and started laughing, which I probably should not have done, but it was my first reaction. I started laughing at what she was screaming about. Okay. And it took her the rest of the day to kind of come down from that. Later in the day, I, I saw a single rose and started to cry and Hope was like, oh, that is so beautiful. So in two situations, we looked at the same thing and had the opposite response. Okay, screaming, laughing, uh, very sad, crying, and happy and uplifted. Okay, so what was it? Uh, Hope pulled the drawer out and it was Harry's rubber snake that did not remotely look like a snake. Okay, uh, the rose was on my mother's coffin the last time I saw her at her funeral, which was the last red rose I had seen. Okay? See, we're programmed by our experiences and the trauma experiences are protected and highlighted all the time. Why? Because it might be something life-threatening. It's part of our survival instinct, but our memories have devolved over the years instead of evolved. Every generation has its traumas, which almost always have a lie in them, and they get passed down to the next generation that adds all their traumas and then pass it on to the next generation. And we've gone from um, going into fight or flight once every six months to five to 30 times a year, which puts us into stress all the time, which makes us feel bad. And when we feel bad, we tend to act bad toward other people. Okay? So about 75% of everyone in a crowd has either been emotionally or physically abused and that's part of their programming. And if that has not been healed or fixed, that is a very probable malfunction somewhere down the road. Well, what, is it, what, what kind of malfunction? To abuse others. The abuser abuses. The anger tends to beget more anger. Okay? And we tend to repeat patterns. All right? So, a closet terrorist to me is an abuser. Someone who physically or emotionally, let me read it again, um, treats someone with cruelty or violence, and let me tell you, yelling names, cursing, uh, belittling, uh, extreme criticizing, that is violence. That is absolutely violence. Unlawful or unharmful use of force or violence to coerce someone else in order to obtain an objective. And sometimes the objective may just be making, letting me feel better or blow off some steam. Okay? Um, abuse, for abuse, uh, okay, back again. For terrorism, we're talking 20,000 a year, a million over 50 years. For abuse, we're talking 50 per minute. There are 50 abuses happening every minute, either physical or emotional. 50! Uh, there's one helpline call, I think, manned by the government that receives 20,000 calls a day. 20,000 a day. And most people don't call. In fact, two-thirds of people who have been abused physically or emotionally never get help. But the majority of them grow up and become abusers themselves. Okay. So what's my point? 
my point is terrorism is a horrible, terrible thing. I'm against it. Almost everyone I know is against it. I think the reason that we have it is because uh, even the people who are experts in that particular book disagree that uh, one expert will say, yes, we're supposed to do the violence. Another expert will say, no, we're not. Okay? So, I don't know that we're ever going to get that figured out except to try to protect ourselves as best we can, which I believe we should do. Okay? Um, the loving thing to the terrorist is not just to let them go ahead and terrorize. The loving thing to the terrorist is to stop them from terrorizing if you can. Okay? Because it's not good for them to kill a thousand people with their bomb. It's not good for them to kill 20 innocent children. Alright? Um, if they live, it, it'll haunt them the rest of their life. I promise you, I've counseled those people for 30 years. Okay? So the loving thing to me is to keep them from doing those things for our sake, for their sake, it's a win-win-win, all right? But what I think we've got to start paying more attention to is that um, 7 out of 10 people have been abused by what I call closet terrorism. Three-quarters of them, I'm sorry, two-thirds of them have never had any help for that. So it's, it's causing malfunctions in their thoughts and feelings. And I just promise you, those malfunctions in their thoughts and feelings are later in their life going to turn into either cancer or a gallbladder problem or abusing someone else, causing harm and pain, emotional or physical abuse to someone else. All right? So, what's my point? My point is we need to start talking. We need to start using some of these wonderful new methods that can heal a lot of this stuff in minutes and days and weeks, not months and years. Um, we need to take it seriously. If you have negative thoughts and feelings a lot, that you're not supposed to have that. All right? Um, if you are living in a situation in a in a um, paradigm where you believe if I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I get bad. Then please know you are living in a seek pleasure, avoid pain uh, paradigm. Uh, karma. You reap what you sow. Action, reaction. There is another possibility. And, and it is a system where if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you still get good. All right? And that's the way our bodies work. It's not just there's a system that says that. That's the way we work as humans. And that's what love would do if, if God, if there is a God, and He is or, or is predominantly love, love would always choose that for the object of its love. And that's how we're built. And that's also what the book says. Okay? So, um... Please do some prayer, meditation, thinking. Um, do whatever you can to help prevent terrorism in the world and innocent people from being harmed. But be aware of closet terrorism, of emotional and physical abuse that has almost the identical definition of terrorism and a very similar effect as terrorism. People dead, people not dead, but uh, traumatized by the abuse, giving them negative thoughts and feelings, causing them to malfunction in their life and hurt other people. Okay? So let's become much more aware of closet terrorism, of emotional or physical abuse, uh, which, of course, is any sort of physical violence, even grabbing hard, that sort of thing, but also emotional. Uh, belittling, you, and you don't have to raise your voice to abuse. Okay? Belittling someone, extreme criticism over and over and over and over and over, um, negativity just constantly. 
they say that the average uh, child needs 10 positives to every negative in order to not grow up and be a, an abuser themselves, someone who emotionally or physically abuses th themselves because of the malfunctions, all the negativity. We're built for 10 positives for every one negative. The stats say the average child today is getting 10 negatives to every positive and in many cases 20 negatives to every positive. So in one sense, why are we surprised that, that terrorism is on the rise and violence is on the rise and all this sort of thing when um, we tend to be having more closet terrorism, emotional and physical abuse behind closed doors than ever before, more and more and more. So do not ever settle for that. Do not ever put up with that, okay? When it happens, there's a reason. It means there's trauma and abuse possibly inside that person that's got to get healed. And there are ways to do that today that, that, that can take very short periods of time instead of years and years and years of talking about your mother and it's still not being effective. You come out with just coping skills but you've still got the problem and you're still just barely hanging on every day. Okay? So, um, this week, I would encourage you, um, test yourself and test the other people we're around. C carry around a piece of paper. You could probably do this on your smartphone or iPad. And um, keep track of how many positives you say a day and how many negatives you say a day and to which people. You can be uh, more negative to one person than another. Okay, Keep track of that. And then the people that you're around, as far as your interaction with them, uh, and I wouldn't tell them about this or they'll change. Okay, You want to get an honest uh, temperature here. So the people that you're around, keep track of this. Them, how many negative things do they say to positive things? All right? And the latest statistics of adult relationships are in order for that relationship to just be okay, not fabulous or wonderful, but just okay, we need at least five positives to one negative in adult relationships. So track that and, and see where that is for you with other adults. Um, see where it is with you and children if you have children. Uh, see where it is with your children. If they're 8 or 10 or 12, they're already predominantly programmed by you What's their positive to negative ratio? And anything that is below 5 to 1 for adults, 10 to 1 for children, invites the possibility that they will become closet terrorists and will hurt other people later in their life because they'll be having negative thoughts and feelings from their unconscious, from being in stress all the time, and those negative thoughts and feelings cause us to be negative to people, to criticize, to when they do something that costs me money or causes me more work, for me to be angry. Okay? And anger is sort of the diagnosis for this. Okay? If when you don't get your way or something goes the way you don't want it to go, do you experience something in the anger family? Anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness. Google all the negative emotions related to anger. There's a bunch of them. If you experience any of those when you don't get your way or something goes the way you did not want it to go or extreme anxiety you are probably a closet abuser, a closet terrorist. You are probably hurting people that, are, that you're around because that, that anger and extreme anxiety causes us to act toward ourselves and others in a negative way. And, and if we don't act that way, um, 
we're just barely trying to hang on inside to keep from doing it, knowing it's wrong and not wanting to hurt, but inside full of just absolute turmoil and trying to live a way different than what you feel. Well, if you heal these issues, these traumas, these abuses, um, and, and, and again, there are tools like, like Trilogy uh, that can heal these issues usually very, very quickly, minutes, days, weeks, not months and years, and you don't have to go to a counselor or therapist or preacher and, and go through years of stuff, okay? But then, once you do that, I would recommend start living the system that says the way we are built, okay, love and what's right, and you get good long-term no matter what you do because God is love and that's what He wants for me and for you, okay? Uh, And then make a decision, a commitment to live in love and what is right as best I can every single 30 minutes, okay? I used to say forever, but that overwhelmed people. So don't worry about forever, just the next 30 minutes. Do what is loving and what is right in the next 30 minutes, okay? And um, I do believe um, some of the uh, some of the terrorists who, you know, strap bombs to their bodies and drive airplanes, knowing they're going to die too, um, some of that is is probably cult programming, uh, and some of it is they know they're going against their conscience and it's about to kill them inside, but they do it anyway because of the influences of the group that they have and their fears and, and, and things of, the, of that nature. But some of them probably, too, have been very successfully cult-programmed to where they, they just feel sort of numb, but they think what they're doing is right, okay? Um, but all of us know it isn't, that that is a lie. And, and many people who use the same book they do say that. But do what you can on terrorism, but on closet terrorism for hurting, harming people around you in order to achieve something for you, some self-interest. Um, man, that is really terrorism too. So do you do it? Uh, take a, take a um, account of you and everyone in your family. Take account of the people at work. Just start thinking that way. Okay, and think, man, I, I don't want to do this. I want my ratio to be 10 to 1 to the positive with everybody. My kids, my wife, the mailman, people at work, everybody. And I promise you, within 40 days, that will totally change your life. If you make no other change except that, I want, my, I want to have a 10 to 1 positive ratio with everyone in my life, including me, including me, and just see what happens. You'll be a different person in 40 days. Now, a lot of you will not be able to do that because your internal programming to the negative is too strong. You've got too much trauma, too much abuse. So you need to heal some of that first. But once that's healed, you will be able to do that. Not perfectly, but better and better all the time. And the happier you'll get, the healthier you'll get, the better and better our families will get, our cities, our country, the world. If we would just shift to that one thing. Let's get a minimum of 5 to 1 positive ratio with adults, 10 to 1 with kids, no negative ratio with anybody. If I've got a negative ratio... Uh, where I'm more negative to them than positive, man, I need, before the sun goes down, I, I need to make that one right. Because I promise you it's hurting you, the abuser, the one creating the trauma, the one being negative, it's hurting you more than anyone else. Okay? So, um, love, not terrorism. Be against and prevent and 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 
um, help the um, people that were harmed with terrorism as best you can, but let's go on a person-to-person, family-to-family, school-to-school, group-to-group um, journey against closet terrorism, against physical and emotional abuse, against having a negative positive to, to a, a negative ratio, a negative positive to negative ratio in your interactions to yourself and other people. They've got to be positive and need to be at least five to one for adults, ten to one for kids. In case you're wondering, there's already a name for this stuff, and I've already used it several times. It's abuse, okay? But we hear the word abuse and it like it just rolls off us like water on a duck's back. And 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 while I was praying and meditating and working on this um, what I was going to say for terrorism, it started creeping in and occurred to me more and more that hey, the definition of abuse and terrorism are almost exactly the same. They use the same words even. And, and they're both to achieve an objective. Uh, one for a country or a religion or something. One for a particular person or in a family or money or something or sex or something like that. But... Uh, I believe it's more than just changing a name. I believe that this type of abuse is terrorism. And it's usually locked in a closet to keep anyone else from knowing. So we close the doors and these things happen. And then we don't talk about them. If you talk about them, you're in really big trouble. And then when we open the doors and see people, we put on our smile and act like everything is wonderful and great. And that makes it even worse because then the person who's been abused has to de- they have to learn to deal with that on their own and and with everyone else almost even pretending like it hasn't happened, which makes it much 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 more difficult. Um, if we could just get by our ego and our pride and um, and realize that uh, three out of four people have been abused and that probably means three out of four people are abusers themselves. Let's start talking about it. Let's fix it as best we can. And I'll talk about that in a minute. About, yeah, you can, to a large degree, fix it. And that's exactly what you need to do. Um, check my note here. made a couple of notes. Um, yeah, the old, the old expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, could not be farther from the truth. I've already talked about how sometimes emotional abuse is worse than physical abuse because the physical, uh, in physical, the victim almost always blames the perpetrator because, I mean, they've got bruises. I mean, it's, it's, you can see it. But with emotional abuse, the perpetrator often says, now, I wouldn't have had to do that if you hadn't, and... After years of that, sometimes, the person believes it. So they think, well, I can't tell anybody. This is my fault. Um, So the words can be even more damaging than the sticks and stones uh, many times. Um, Also, uh, if you think, okay, yeah, this is an issue in the world, but it's really not that big a deal. Uh, This is the entire field of counseling, therapy, coaching, uh, ministry, a lot of nonprofit groups that are, uh, you know, try to help disfortunate people. Um, this is a huge segment uh, of what we have set up in the world to try to help hurting people comes from this one thing, closet terrorism. Okay? Uh, so, it is not a trivial thing. It's a huge thing. And that's one reason I, I don't want in this to minimize terrorism, which is 
a million people killed over the last 50 years. That is huge and, and, and it seems to be getting worse, not better. And we need to find a way to join hands and get to know each other a little bit, okay? Uh, when I left the, um, the prison and, and the time I'd had with that uh, Muslim Iman, uh, I had very good feelings about him and considered him a friend, and he at least said the same thing about me, okay? I think we need to do more than that, not less, and realize that we have more in common than we think. You know, John F. Kennedy's famous speech, uh, yeah, we may have different colored skins, we may be different uh, from different countries, speak different languages, but the most important things we all have in common. We all breathe air, we all want the best for our children, uh, we're all part of the human race, okay? So um, we need to bring these things out in the light. These things, both regular terrorism and closet domestic terrorism, tend to happen in the darkness. We need to bring them into the light. I had a uh, client uh, one time who was beautiful, and I mean, I mean beauty pageant winning beautiful young lady. And she was about, oh, 24 years old. And everything in her life was falling apart. She, she had very poor health. She felt bad pretty much all the time. Uh, very bad anxiety issue, uh, depression, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I came from a good home, was middle class. And, you know, I remember sitting there thinking, um, Wow, here's this, this young lady who's, who seems to have everything going for her, and she's miserable. Well, um, while we were working, she came in very excited and very upset one time, and um, she relayed to me how four years earlier, when she was engaged to another guy in college, not the man she was presently married to, so four years before with another guy who she was engaged to, she was date raped. Okay? And, um, I mean, they were engaged, they used to fool around all the time, but she'd made it very clear, no actual sex, uh, penetration sex until we're married, it was part of a religious thing for her. He agreed to it, and um, they were fooling around one night uh, in, in the car, I think, and uh, she said no, and he forced it and, and had sex with her uh, that night. Well, when she woke up the next morning, she did not remember it, and for four years did not one time ever remember that that had happened until the night before she came in to see me when she was both really upset and excited okay and you and and i mean this is not a kid that suppressed something when he was 2 years old this young this lady was 19 when this happened and so as an adult She's totally, 100% suppressed that, or her unconscious mind did, for four full years. And during those four years, her life went straight downhill with health problems and, and the emotional problems and everything else, has not a clue why. And then she finally remembers she was date raped. And so we started working on that, healed it, her health went straight up, and became super, super successful, happy, all of that. I saw her not long ago, okay? So that's the kind of impact these things can have. I mean, it affected her physical health. It affected her emotional health. It affected her marriage. It affected her sleep. It affected, it affected everything in her life. That one instance that probably took 30 minutes or less and was so powerful that her unconscious mind said, uh-uh, if you have to deal with this every day, you're not going to make it. Which was a mistake, by the way. Her, her mind malfunctioned by doing that. If she had dealt with it when it happened, 
um, maybe she wouldn't have had to uh, go through all that. Um, I was abused growing up, uh, physically and emotionally, and I had wonderful parents. The I really did. The uh, the instance with my dad happened in a total of about sixty seconds, one minute. The instance with my mom happened over about fifteen minutes. So that's sixteen minutes total. I was subject to um, closet abuse in my life growing up. Sixteen minutes out of eighteen years. They never did it before, never did it again. That was it. And let me tell you, it ruled my life, those two events, for the next 15 years. Okay? Now I didn't know that I didn't know that what was that is what was ruling my life. I just knew everything was going down and down and down. Uh, and and after, when I grad, uh, 10 years after high school, or maybe it was five years, uh, I saw one of my college buddies. And um, he said, are you okay, Alex? And I said, why? Why, why do you ask? And, it, and this really struck with me. He said, you look about 10 years older than your age. And, and I felt it. In fact, I, I, I went to the books and I had every single symptom of cancer. have no idea if I had cancer, but I had every single symptom and felt bad all the time until those things were healed in my mind and heart. Yeah, and I uh, wanted, wanted to address one other area. I'm not saying that um, if we can eliminate domestic terrorism, which we'll never do, that everyone will be 100% perfect and happy all the time. No, no, no. We're not built that way. Okay? In fact, I call them popsicle memories. When uh, when something happens and we're four, eight, maybe ten years old or less, okay, and a lot of adrenaline is released, our mind labels that a trauma. And the younger you are, the more important that trauma is rated and the more adrenaline that's released, the more important that trauma is rated. And it's protected from being healed because of when it happened and how much adrenaline was released. Okay? Well, the problem with that is that nine out of ten of those memories are what I call popsicle memories. And there was no domestic abuse that occurred. In fact, nobody even did anything wrong. It's a five-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. Or a two-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. Or an eight-year-old misinterpreting something that was totally innocent because they're eight, um, you know, and they, they don't understand, okay? Um, all of us have those. In fact, all of us have a bucket full of those that we have to contend with our whole life. And if we can ever find them and heal them, that'll make our life better too. But all I'm saying is, in those situations, no one is even at fault it's just that a mechanism in us gets activated when it shouldn't because we're two, four, six, eight, which means we're in delta theta brainwave state and we don't have the ability to logic and reason what happens. Okay? So we jump to a wrong conclusion, we pitch a temper tantrum, now we've got a major trauma to deal with all, their, all our life. Um, Hope and I have an expression that, uh, that we've, uh, you know, probably said 500 times over the time we've been married. And it's simple. Everybody's got their junk. Um, in over 30 years of counseling and coaching people, everybody has their junk. We look at these people who are very, very wealthy or they're famous or they're beautiful or, or something, and we think, if I had their life, well, I'm here to tell you it ain't true, okay? Um, I've been very privileged uh, because of how well some of my books have done to be able to work with many famous people, famous uh, professional athletes, uh, pro uh, famous singers, famous movie stars, famous uh, uh, writers, I mean, uh, probably hundreds of them 
over the last 30 years. Um, on average, in my opinion, they are less happy than the average person, not more. And very often the ones that are like super f famous and super wealthy, I would say eight to nine out of ten of them border on miserable. They're paranoid all the time. My voice is going to go. I'm never going to write another hit song. My looks are going to go. Do I need to have surgery? Um, my money is dwindling. I, I, you know, they're, they have anxiety over some big deal, whatever. Um, one time in my life, just to confirm this to myself, I'd known one person all my life that just seemed to sail through life with no issues at all, ever if I'd ever seen anyone. And this guy was far and away uh, the leader in that. I'd never seen him have a problem or even look like he had a problem. Or, uh, And I talked to him a lot. Never talked about... So uh, one day I called him as an adult and I just laughed and said, Hey, uh, do you ever have problems? Have you ever gone through anything that was like really life or death, uh, gut-riching, um, difficult, and he laughed and said, why in the world would you ask me that? And I told him, well, to me, you seem like someone who just sails through life. And he said, yeah, I've heard that before. He said, I have had and it four, four major life or death events in my life and my family and, and that sort of thing that in every one of them I wondered Am I going to get past this? And then he said, I've had a whole bunch of little ones besides those. So he said, yeah, I, I, I've heard that from other people, but let me tell you, we have more than our share of trauma and problems in our life. Okay? And let me just promise you, if you're watching, everybody has their junk. Stuff that you're ashamed of or afraid of or, or reticent to talk about, to bring out into the light, Everybody has stuff like that. Everybody. If I turned on the, uh, the videotape of all the things in my life that no one knows I've ever done or thought about, let me tell you, I'm getting out of there before the credits are done. And so are you if it's the one about your life. So is anybody and everybody. Okay? So um, please understand that. This is not to single anyone out. This is to shine the light on an issue, help everyone, the perpetrator and the victim, and start to heal this issue in our world. It's such a huge issue that three out of every four people have had to deal with or are dealing with right now in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I had, a, had another friend, an, uh, a friend and a client, started as a client and then was a friend, but a, a great friend that I knew for a long time. Uh, grew up without any huge traumas in his life. Um, uh, went to school, did really good in school, was a great athlete, uh, married a beautiful young lady, had a wonderful job, a nice car, nice clothes, went on trips and stuff like that. But early in the marriage, his wife had a fairly severe anxiety problem for a period of time. It was healed and then she was fine, but for a period of time it was pretty bad. And um, one day when she was having a particularly horrible day, her husband, my friend, did some little something and I mean, she just let him have it. She yelled and screamed at him. And here's what she said. You are the sorriest excuse for a man I have ever seen. And, and that was it. Okay, that was it. So that took, what, 10 seconds? Um, 30 years later, my friend was still struggling to overcome the feelings and the damage done by that in his own heart and mind and, and even later body. 
And according to his story, he'd never really had any problem with anything like that until that time. Uh, there were a couple little things, but nothing significant. And when that thing happened, it changed the trajectory of his life. Now, it, it wasn't a change like this. It was more of a change kind of like this. But it was significant, and other people saw it too. And every time I talk to him, you know, just as friends, uh, go out to get a pizza and a Coke or something, or meet somewhere uh, and play tennis or whatever, he would always come back to that. That, you know what? It's like that thing just keeps chasing me around. Uh, and, 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 of course, the issue was he was believing it was true. Um, the, the same way that children always believe a divorce is their fault when it's never their fault. You probably heard that. Well, it's true almost 100% of the time. Why does it happen? I, I don't know. It, it's one of those weird things. They're in delta theta brainwave state. I, I don't know. But almost universally, the children blame themselves to some degree, and it greatly affects their life after that. Well, intellectually, my friend knew that was not true, that it was her anxiety talking, if you want to say it that way. But it still impacted the, the next 30 years of his life for the negative. That's the power that these negative words yelling, screaming, cursing, belittling, constant criticism can have in a person's life. It, it can be absolutely devastating and there's virtually never a situation where there's no negative effect. It, it causes damage every time, just like a punch in the boxing ring. It, it may not show up till the later rounds, but that's gonna that's going to count, all right? And that's how these things work, okay? So, again, if your ratios are negative, chances are you're a closet terrorist. You're an abuser. You're creating traumas in the lives of other people that are going to hurt them, maybe even their health, cause their thoughts and feelings to be more and more negative, and for them, for their life to get worse, not better, because of you. I want everyone's life to get better because of me, or at least not be made worse. Alright? Here's how we can do it. Choose love, not terrorism. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.